Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we have another author tonight. And I'm really excited about this book. Matter of fact, all the actors and actresses and directors and stuntmen that listen, you are going to need to get a copy of this. The other thing is mom and dads, grandparents, single moms, single dads, you're going to want to read this book. I have to say that both me and my wife have discussed this, and we kind of have felt a little guilty because there's so much stuff in here that we didn't know raising our kids. And, and we're even saying, okay, what can we do now to kind of put that in our everyday life? So uh, it is an honor to interview this mom. And the book is called Raising Up Dreamers, and it's by Sheila Irwin. How are you tonight, Sheila? Oh, I'm great. Now, what do you want us to call you? Because I, I felt like calling you Principal Irwin by the time I was done reading the book. <laughs> no, just Sheila. Just plain Sheila. <laughs> okay, so for those of you that don't know, her sons are the Irwin brothers. And the Irwin brothers are the ones that produced Woodlawn, I Can Only Imagine, the movie Mom's Night Out, October Baby, and a movie that I want to talk about a little later that came out right when COVID, or it actually didn't release. It was supposed to release in the theaters, and but COVID virus all started and blah, blah, blah. But it's called uh, I Still Believe. We're so, so glad to have you on. You know, normally I go, you know, hey, we really enjoyed the book and everything else. But this one here really kind of cut close to home. Because we've still got a couple of teenage kids at home, and we're raising them and thinking, wow, we've kind of done a lot of things wrong after reading your book. How about Lord help us? That's what I There you go. (laughs) You know, it's never too late. That's one thing that I've really seen of the Lord. There have been many times along the way as we were raising our children that God would convict us about something that we – had kind of let slide. Maybe we were letting them get by with some things. And we would have a family meeting and say to them, you know, God has convicted us about this, and we've been wrong, and we need your forgiveness. But from now on, we want you to understand this is how it's going to be. And you need to be consistent once you say that. But the thing is, I, I don't believe that it's ever too late to begin that process. Well, there's so much in your book that I kind of, didn't even know where to go. First, I want to say, when, when you mentioned your husband, Hank Irwin, I thought to myself, wait a minute. I, I know him. And so then huh. I, I went back, and you said he worked for KCBI. So I went and I contacted the people I knew from KCBI, and, and none of them said, I've never introduced you to him. Uh, and then I went to 700 Club thinking that maybe he – worked with some of them or whatever. No, no, we never met. Anyway, finally, towards the end of your book, 
I realized who your husband was because you started talking about the bus ride back with Woodlawn <laughs> and what happened there. And I realized I know your husband because of the movie Woodlawn. I never <laughs> realized that was your husband. And the, the fact of the matter is I, I interviewed Todd uh, Gerald. And oh, wow. I don't know if he said anything about it or not, but I did not realize that your sons, when they filmed, that was their father, you know, who was Hank. Yes. That was a bedtime yeah, story. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I understand that now after, after reading the book. You know, sometimes things, you, they don't just click, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a lot more like your son, John. I'm the hyperactivity kid that <laughs> bounces off the walls, and I did end up finishing in public school, but really I shouldn't have. They just kind of <laughs> tried to get me out of there, you know, <laughs> before I destroyed their school. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well. Well, so tell us, what, what brought you to the point that you uh, wrote this book? I, I know you said your husband kept encouraging you, but, I mean, it had to be a complete God thing. Yes, oh, very much so. I I never had ambition to be a writer. It was never on my radar. I told my husband the other night, I said, I had one thought about it would be fun to write a book when uh, Linda Dilla, whose child went to, to our school uh, there in Dallas, had just released her first book, and, and I had gotten that book, and I thought, oh, that would be kind of neat to write a book. That's the only thought I ever had about writing books. But as Hank and I, as the boys got older and people began to see some of the things that we were doing in our home, and they began to ask questions. We started our board of our ministry that we had um, suggested that we write some curriculum and do a parenting, do parenting seminars. And so we did just that. For many years, we taught parenting seminars. And out of that, I began to teach uh, what we called Help I'm a Mom um, to at retreats and different things like that. I began to teach that. And when I would teach it, uh, at churches or whatever, um, an older mom would usually come up and say, my daughter lives in Timbuktu, and she needs this, um, and uh, do you have a book? And I was like, no, I- I'm not a writer. I'm a communicator, but I'm not a writer. That happened over and over again. Uh, and then Hank began- then Hank started, you know, baby, I really believe that you need to write a book. Um, this is important. I really believe that you need to write a book. And so... At that point, I just went to the Lord and said, okay, I'll try. I'll do what I can. And so I started at that point writing the book. And the good thing is, first of all, you're a storyteller. For instance, when you talk about telling your kids about the Holy Spirit and using the glove, you want to, you want to tell that little story? Sure. Uh, after our children came to Christ, our next thing was to instruct them on how to live the Christian life that they now had obtained. And that meant that they needed to understand that the Holy Spirit indwelled them and would do a lot of things, but give them the power to live the Christian life. He would be their teacher, their, their counselor, all those things we began to teach our children about the Holy Spirit living in them. And John was probably about eight or nine, I guess, maybe a little younger. I can't remember exactly because he came to Christ at five. But talking I did talking with him about those things and Hank had as well. But he was having a really hard time grasping it. One morning before he got up, I I ran and got a work glove that I well, I like to work in the yard and so I went got one of my gloves and I 
laid it in the floor in my living room, and then I laid a book about three feet away. And I said to him when he came in that morning, I said, John, could you do something for me? And he said, sure, Mom. And I said, could you get that glove to pick up that book? Well, he looked at me like I had two heads. And I said, there is a way. Think about it. So we sat there for quite a while, and then it, it hit him. He don't him. He ran over. He put the glove in his hand, on his hand, and, and he picked up the book and handed it to me. And I said, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. looks like a glove, doesn't it? But the power is in what's in the glove. And then also, I, I said, what if before you'd gotten here, I went out in the backyard and filled the glove full of dirt? What would you have had to do? He said, well, I've had to empty out the dirt before I could put the hand in. And I said, that's why we keep clean before the Lord, because when there's sin and dirt, it's, he, can't, he cannot control us. Or he chooses not to. He's really good. But he chooses not to without our permission. And so that was how we taught John about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Just the forward that your two sons wrote in the book was worth reading the whole book just to, just to read what they wrote about you to begin with. Mm-hmm. It was precious to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You had this one section where you talked about answers to prayer. Mm-hmm. And the first one was about, you know, when y'all had to buy a house. You want to yeah. tell that story? Sure. Yeah, we, we had, we'd been in the ministry. Uh, Hank out been on radio and television, but we'd also had a ministry as well and been in a church ministry off and on and that kind of thing. And so because of that, uh, we were 40 years old and we never owned a home. The church would provide us a place to live or, you know, we'd rent a place. And so we had never had the wherewithal uh, to buy a home. And it became obvious that God was going to provide uh, the, where, the, the means where we could buy a home. So as was our tradition in our home, whenever we had a need, we would call everybody together. And our prayer altar was a big coffee table, a big, huge wooden coffee table in our den. And we would gather around that coffee table and, uh, Hank would say if anybody got a need or that kind of thing, but this time it was it was to talk about the house. And we told the boys that it looked like we were going to be able to buy a house of our own, and they were all excited about that. And everybody put down their request for the house. Hank wanted a flat yard. That's all he wanted, which is a flat yard. Uh, and I wanted uh, a formal living room, dining room, and and a large den because we had had that in the houses that we had rented, and I had that furniture, and I didn't want to get rid of it. And the boys said, we want a tree house and a swimming pool. Well, being the giants in the faith that we were at that point, John was five and he was nine, I looked at Hank and I was just like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, we, we were both thinking, oh, great, they're going to, you know, there's no way we can do this and they're going to be disappointed with God and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So we prayed that will be done. You know how you do that. <laughs> give, give God an out. And so... So anyway, we prayed about it. We listed our things, and we started looking for a house. We looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And finally, there was a house that we had found that was adequate. It didn't have a flat yard. It did not have a formal living room, just a big great room and a, you know, uh, type thing. And it surely did not have a tree house nor a swimming pool. But Hank said that's in our price, well, really over our price range, but he said we can, we can, I think we can do that one. And so tomorrow I want you to go and put a contract down on the house with our realtor. Well, that, that we were at the kitchen table for breakfast, and as it had been our tradition, because we didn't have Internet, remember, 
uh, he picked up the paper and started looking through the one ads because we've been doing that for weeks. And as he looked at it, he his eyes got really big and he said, hey, sweetie, listen to this. And he began to read our prayer request. It, it was in the form of a house for sale. It had everything we'd asked for. It even said flat yard, formal living room, dining room. And then at the bottom it said nice tree house and an in-ground pool. And it was in our price range. And Hank said, you think this is our house? I said, I don't know. Anyway, uh, long story short, we uh, we didn't tell the boys because we didn't want them to be disappointed. But, but I called my real estate agent, and she said, well, Sheila, don't be disappointed. I can imagine that you could get all of that for your for the price that y'all are able to pay for this house. I, I just can't even imagine it. And I said, well, that's what it said, and we want to look at it. And the minute I walked into the dining room, I knew it was our house. And it was a beautiful backyard with a beautiful pool and a big, nice tree house, two stories. It's so awesome to just to see what what God can do if you only ask. Absolutely. In our unbelief. I mean, we were just kind of like, really? Boys, um, mm. you know, we didn't say that to them. We said that to each other. <laughs> but God did it. And for weeks, for months and months and months, probably uh, we would drive up in the driveway of the house and the boys would say, Mom, look what God did. Look what God did. So God was building their faith even then because they were going to have to believe God for some big things later, big, big, huge things later on. Building the foundation. Yes, yes, he was, absolutely. That's the neat thing about writing the book was to go back and have to gather all of this. Uh, a lot of it I had in notes and drawers and all this kind of stuff, but as I began to pull it together and, and to see the real journey that we as a family, not only our boys, but as a family, that God had orchestrated every little detail to the point of where the boys would be able to do what God had called them to do. Yeah, I could see where maybe some of the breakthroughs or answered prayer or, or things that you'd gone, gone through, you'd just forgotten, but as you were putting it together, mm-hmm. then, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. really. Okay, so, you know, as you started to see God really use your sons in the directing and everything? I mean, that must have been mind-blowing. Not really, because I really believed when they were 12 and 16, when they came to their dad and said, Dad, we really believe God wants us to make movies. God just confirmed that in my heart. I didn't know how it would happen. Now, I don't think I thought they would make a bunch of movies. I don't know that I thought that they would have Kingdom Studios, uh, Kingdom Story Company now, you know, and have the first Christian studio backed by Lionsgate. I don't, that wasn't even in my thought process. No, now that kind of began to blow my mind. But the fact of making that first movie, uh, I really believed that God would, was going to do it. And in fact, John would come to me often and say, Mom, do you really think we'll ever make a movie? I said, I do. I really do. Well, you had mentioned in the book about the film showing in Russia and about how many salvations, you know, came from the film. I I went on a mission trip to Russia, and it it was very hard, hard dirt, basically. Mm. To uh, so, I, you know, to me, media being able to come in there and open the doors is is amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, John calls it the Trojan horse of Christianity. Yeah. That they're gonna, you know, if we go to the mission field, we got to raise our money to go to the field. We got to go live there. We got to work, and it takes time and. And that's wonderful. I don't, I'm not 
that, that's great. But they're paying us. They pay our boys for their movie to be shown in the theaters with the gospel in it. Absolutely. People will go to the theater that wouldn't darken the door of a church. You want to tell another one of your answers to prayer you had in the book about the dog? Poodle? <laughs> That's yeah. a little fun story. That was really kind of hilarious. It was John's, uh, I think it was his fourth birthday. Is it fourth or fifth? I can't remember right off right off of that, but it was his birthday. And we had planned, I had planned a party at a, a restaurant and uh, that had a playground and all that, and they did the whole thing and the best food place. And so as we were planning, Hank thought I had already paid for it. And we were in the ministry, and we kind of went week to week, I don't, you know, as far as, you know, as far as paychecks and that kind of thing went back then. And as we were uh, getting ready to go, um, it was probably a couple, maybe an hour before we were supposed to be there, and I said, well, we're going to need $20 to pay for the, you know, can you imagine doing a birthday party for $20? But, but anyway, not now. Uh, and he said, what? I don't have $20. And he said, I'm not writing a bad check. And I said, I said well, no. But, but he said, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. So as is our custom, we all gathered around again and, and began to pray and said, okay, Lord, each one of us said, God, we need $20 for John's birthday. And John prayed in his little bitty voice, God, we need $20 for my birthday. So as we began to pray, we were keeping my mother's dog. His name was Bo, the poodle. Uh, Hank looked over and frantically Bo was wanting to go out for a walk, uh, so Hank, Hank thought in his head, okay, you know, okay, Lord, we prayed this big prayer, and I don't know what you're going to do with this one. So anyway, uh, he, he got the dog and thought that would buy him some time. <laughs> he could think what he could do, get 20 bucks. So we, as he went out, Bo usually went down the, down the street and around and back in the backyard, but this time he turned to the left and went in this old abandoned uh, a field that was grown up and Hank was thinking, yep, great, now I'm going to get snake bit on top of all this. So, so anyway, as he was going toward this tree, he looked, and there was something at the bottom of the tree. And he jerked Bo back, and he reached down, and it was a $20 bill. And he said in his heart, he heard the Lord say, I can still provide, son. And so anyway, so he came inside rejoicing, saying, I knew it all along. See what I did. You know, the boys were all excited when we paid for John's birthday party, and God provided that $20 right then. You know, it's incredible because, I mean, all you needed was $20, but $20 to the kids, you know, that's like a million bucks at that time. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and well, to see God just... to us at that time. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. see God just answer something like that uh, using a dog. That's what I loved about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. He's used donkeys and... You know, other things before, <laughs> I guess the dog is okay. Well, one of the things I loved about the book is, uh, well, first of all, I'm an actor. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, I have a lot of directors, a lot of actors, a lot of, you know, and a lot of them don't even know Christ. You know, so sure. so it's kind of been our ministry, praying for them and, and, and talking to them. I mean, you have to have a true friendship with them before they actually listen. You went through and told stories that I know are just going to be incredible to some of these people to hear. I mean, especially, you know, as a family, when you were making the costumes and doing all that, I know a lot of these younger directors, they're going through the same process and to see what God just did and where they're at now, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I told Absolutely. my wife, I said, I said, you know what? I will work for the Irwin Brothers one day as an actor. So there get ready. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be meeting you. Good, good. So, yeah, so I, I, I want to let Julie ask. I know she's got some questions and stuff. Okay. I don't know if I have any questions, but, again, I just wanted to comment how grateful I am that you put your book in words. Um, as the people who were coming to the parenting seminars were asking you, hey, hey, where is this stuff? I want to give it to my sister. Because immediately when I'm reading this book, in my mind, I'm going, okay, daughter-in-law, son, number one, get this book to them. Okay, I have this other lady um, who's in charge of the women's ministry, kids and all that at the church. She needs to have this book, and I need to pass it to a couple mothers in the church and just, Right away, uh, excellent, excellent information. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, oh, I know thank you. Uh, we have, uh, we were just, one of our nephews just finished his book. It took him a year and a half, and uh, my mother-in-law, who wants to write a book right now, was talking to him about it, and he said it was probably the hardest time, the hardest project he had ever undertaken to write a book. And it took a yes. year and a half for him to finish his. So I don't know this how long did three you year, take? This is three years. Yeah. This one took three years. Yeah. Oh, bless you for doing it three years. That's a huge commitment. Yeah. Well, and I know many, many people are going to benefit from it. So blessings back for all your effort. Thank you. You know what amazes me is the movie Woodlawn was so fantastic and I still as the, this interview was coming up I've been telling a lot of people you know because I work in surgery and so but I cover all of Texas Oklahoma Arkansas Louisiana part of Mississippi so I've been wow. telling these people in surgery hey uh, you know about this interview coming up and they all say the same thing I've never seen the movie Woodlawn and I'm like y- you need to go find it you need to watch yeah. it I mean, it just amazes me that that movie wasn't pushed out there more to number one, you know, but yeah. when you look at the, the secular media and everything else, you understand why. Yeah. And also yeah, it, mom's it, night out. Oh Go yeah. Ahead. I love mom's night out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my favorite part is, is the, the little kids. You killed mama. What? Oh, I know. I know. That is hilarious. Is that not funny? Somebody asked John, you know, John does the writing, and they said, some of this is a little far-fetched, don't you think, John? And he said, every one of those things happened at my house. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, that was really funny. And, and, he, and here's kind of a neat little tidbit at the end of that movie, and I, I watched it three or four times before I realized what they'd done. Uh, my son, Andy, that's the editor, um, is a marvelous editor, as a matter of fact, and uh, at the end of the movie, he, he, there's a thing that comes up, and it says, thank you, Mom. It stops with Mom and, and stays there for quite a while, and then it adds Mom. It adds the S. But he he, he did that, it's the thank you, Mom. So that was kind of neat as well. So that you look for that the next time you watch the movie. I will, because I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever noticed that. Well, I didn't notice it for two or three, because it's not... You know, it's just, you just think, well, they just did it that way, and then they had the S. But then I realized that's what he'd done. Thank you, Mom. 
and then put the S on it. So, so I was supposed to have a date night with my wife. I think what somewhere around the towards the end of March or something to go see. I still believe, and yeah. then they shut the theaters down. Oh yeah. And so we finally got to see it on Redbox. Yeah. So you it's want to tell us a little? Movie. I know. Yeah, I know it wasn't in your book, but can you give a plug for the movie on here? Because uh, oh, a lot of people yeah. need to go out and rent it. Yeah, they do. They do. And if the theaters ever open back up, it may be back in the theater again. Uh, it was looking like that, at least. Um, but they they would put back the, the movies that were showing. Uh, the, the opening weekend, um, you know, was number one. <laughs> Jeremy, bless his heart, I, I heard him talking, and, and he, he was like, it was like, you know, Friday night, it's number one, and we all went, yes. And then on, on Sunday afternoon, they said they were closing all the theater, and we were like, no. <laughs> you know, so, it, but it's a marvelous movie of true love, of trusting God. In a, it's a great movie for right now, trusting God in a hard place where God doesn't, when God doesn't say yes, can we still, do we still trust him? Uh, it's a beautiful love story, one of the best I've ever seen. And so I just recommend it to everybody. Go buy it or rent it or, you know, whatever you have to do to get to see it right now. And so it, it, it was a great movie. They had to scamper around and figure out what to do after, it, you know, the theaters closed down. And uh, Andy said, well, John, we're going to be in the history books for the first movie that ever came out where you could could rent it, you know, the main uh, live stream, and you could rent it for, for so many hours. For I think it was for 40 well, 48 hours you could rent it, and then, then it would go away. That was, that was the first. That God's still been fa- been faithful. It's it's actually making a little bit of money now. It's been it's paid for, and it's making some money, but it wasn't, you know, it was supposed to be a blockbuster, but uh-huh. uh, we're not the only ones <laughs> that that happened to, but it was kind of heart, heartbreaking. But but the, the movie itself is superb, and, I, you know, I, I recommend it to everybody, and not because I'm their mom. Uh, you know, because it's a good movie. I had a question. I was just sitting there thinking about the parenting seminars that you and your husband did. Mm-hmm. And you were mentioning, you know, you wrote this book, but have you thought about doing a study guide with it so it can be used for Bible study groups, parenting groups, any of that type of stuff? Do you have all well, the information? They, t- they talked about it. Um, Focus of the Family is my my publisher, and they did yes. talk about it, but it just kind of never happened. It might be something that comes out of this eventually, uh, where it could be okay. a Bible study that that you know you could do in your church or whatever. Uh, but right now, that's just it would be, you know, it would be uh, excellent because I felt like when I'm keeping I'm keeping my book because a lot of times I pass my books on, but. Not this time. I have to keep it so I can dissect it. But I thought to myself as I was reading it that we're going to have to go back and skim over to implement stuff. So yes, a study guide, great thing. Yeah. And and it, with implementation, here's what I, I suggest too: is just pick one thing. Don't try to you know don't say okay do all these things that are in this book you know the the 13 tips and the three three foundations and, you know, the, 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 the essentials, the seven essentials and then the, you know, the ten tools. Pray over. You and your husband read through it and, and pray over which ones 
one of the things that I, that I recommend that couples do is, is sit down and if you could only teach your children ten things before they left your home, what would they be? And y'all figure out what that would be. And how can I achieve, how can we achieve those things? What are we doing to achieve those things, first of all? And then what else can we do to make sure that those things are in our children's lives? Of course, the first one would be to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of times as Christian parents, you know, if they come to Christ, then that's it. I've done my job. But there's just so much more to do. But I would take one at a time and say, especially if you've got, you said you had teenagers already, but just to sit down and say, okay, you know, this is this is one of the things that we've learned, and we really want to make this, we want to integrate this into our home. And we need your help, so this is what we're going to do. And I'll, I'll, I'll just do one at a time, maybe one a week or one a month or whatever you see if, if it's, you know, beginning to be integrated into your home. But do that one thing and figure out how to do that one thing. Make that uh, uh, true in, in your home. So Thank you. Okay. Well, first of all, the book is Raising Up Dreamers. And before I have you pray, Sheila, I just want to say that you can, you can buy the book right now. It came out 7 of 7, but you can buy it at Focus on the Family Store. You can buy it at ChristianBooks.com. Amazon and Barnes and Noble are the ones that are carrying the book right now. So also Walmart and Target and Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Well, good for Hobby Lobby because we love Hobby Lobby. Yeah, absolutely. So Sheila, if you wouldn't mind, you know, praying over uh, the audience and whoever's going to end up, this is going to change some lives, some family lives. I'm I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, the book is that good. And like I said, I wish I had this years ago. Okay, Father, we just, oh, Lord, we just come to you. Uh, I feel so honored to be your vessel for you to write your message to these people. And so, Lord, I just really do pray now that you would get this in the hands of moms and dads, that, that it can transform their home, that they can see that you, Jesus, are all that you say you are and you do all you say you will do that they would begin to be able to be a home of faith and that their children would rise up and be be used of you because they've lived in a home where you were exalted. So we ask that you do this, that you get this book in their hands and that they read it, that people would think of people to get the book too and that they would be able to be a part of this as well. We thank you for your mercy and grace. I thank you for this time together and we want to tell you that we love you and thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to say that's a wrap. <laughs>